Welcome to the Asbury First United Methodist Church Weekly Sermon. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about this podcast or other ways to connect, please visit asburyfirst.org. Well, welcome back to the pulpit, Emily. Thank you so much. You know I love to be here. Plus, I heard there's going to be an opening soon. (laughs) So, I thought I'd just flex the old muscles, you know, in case I get a call. (laughs) Yeah, well, lovely to have you. (laughs) I mean, just for resume's sake, how many years have we been doing this now? This, believe it or not, is our 10th annual joint Christmas sermon. Wow. 10 years in the pulpit, not too shabby. Okay. Plus that one that we did uh, during, during Easter and COVID. Remember, you popped in? All right, okay, well. Do you remember our first sermon? Oh, yes. Exactly. Exactly what? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes was the title of our first sermon. Uh, oh, yes. No, just yes. Okay. Yes, Stephen, I remember we talked about how it was brave for Mary to say yes when God called. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Here I am. Here I am, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. I have to say, 10 years later, that still seems significant. A poor, unmarried teenage girl stepping into the unknown, unsure of what was ahead, but still being willing to say yes when called. Now that we have teenagers of our own and we're facing some uncertainty ourselves, I have to say, it seems even braver. It was brave. It takes courage to say yes when you don't quite know all the details. Mary had every reason to say no, to play it safe, to bury her head in the sand, to ignore the call that God had placed on her life. But she said yes. Do you ever wonder why? Like, what made the difference for Mary? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't really thought about it. But I do wonder if I would have done the same thing. I certainly hope I would have, but I don't know. Being a teenager is hard enough, and being a teenage girl is particularly fraught. Our culture trains young women to question who they are at every turn. We teach them that if they don't look a certain way or act a certain way or live up to certain unattainable standards, that they don't matter. And let's face it, social media hasn't really helped. Not at all. But we know what does help. What? People. People who remind you of what is true. I wonder who that would have been for Mary. Well, hopefully Mary had many people. I mean, that's 
our hope for everyone. That's the reason why we're here in a church community, isn't it? But we do know of at least one in the story for Mary. Look at the first thing that Gabriel says to Mary. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Think about what that means for a poor teenage girl to be told that not only is she favored, but that she is not alone. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Think about what that would mean for any of us. How different our world would be if we began every conversation like that. Uh, well, it might be a little awkward. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. I'll take the number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be a little weird. So not literally, Stephen, but in that kind of spirit. Imagine, imagine greeting each person that we encountered with an open spirit that recognizes God's presence in the other person. It would certainly change some ways we interact in this world. And maybe, maybe it would make us all a, a little bit more courageous because we would constantly be reminded that whatever we did or wherever we went, that God was with us, that we matter not because of what we do, but because of who we are. The good news, Emily, is that even if we never say that to another person, even if we never hear it ourselves, it's still true. We do matter. God is with us. All of us. So maybe Mary said yes because she knew that she mattered and that wherever she went, she wouldn't have to journey alone. Well, that was a pretty good first sermon. Do you remember our second sermon? Okay, Stephen, we're not gonna go through all of these, right? <laughs> I have a lot to do. No, this is the last one, I promise, but, but do you remember that second one? Another yes. Exactly. Wait, that was the title? Yes, another yes. <laughs> it was about how Mary said yes and then was courageous enough to then ask for help during those nine months of pregnancy. And Elizabeth, who was facing some things of her own, also had to say yes. Ah, so you mean it took Elizabeth saying yes to Mary as well? Yes. I guess we don't really think about the nine months when Mary was pregnant and all that went into that. I mean, pregnancy? Pregnancy is hard. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay, you don't find out you're pregnant and then have a baby the next week. Well, Christmas is coming, so she better get on that. Okay. <laughs> Point taken, though, Emily. Uh, Mary would have had to deal with the pregnancy, but also with the fact that she was this unwed, pregnant teenager, an adolescent in a time where you could be stoned for that purpose. I mean, we don't treat pregnant teenagers particularly well today, but back then... Can you imagine 
How hard those nine months must have been for Mary. I can't. But that is life, isn't it? I mean, it's not like just because we're responding to God's call, everything becomes easy. It's not like when we say yes to something, everything suddenly becomes clear. I mean, look at marriage. Oh, you don't have to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we agreed to be married and then had it all suddenly figured out. Truth be told, 20 years in, I'm still trying to figure this out. Oh, we know you are, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) We're both trying to figure this out together. And that's the thing. That's the thing about a relationship grounded in love. You have to keep saying yes. You have to commit to continuing to figure it out, to keep saying yes, to change, and be willing to adapt to who God is calling you to be, not just then, but now. It's sort of a a yes and. Yes. Yes and. Yes and. Like our days from improv, Stephen. Yes and. So some people might not know that that's actually how we fell in love, doing improv comedy together. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We were in an improv comedy troupe in college called the Babbling Bishops. At... Ohio Wesleyan University. The greatest undergraduate institution in the country. Maybe the world. Have we shared that we're passionate alumni? (laughs) But in improv, the rule is always yes and. The point is to not deny what another person is offering you. If you're doing a scene and someone says, this is a banana, you can't just say, no, that's a turkey. You have to say, Yes, that is a banana, and it looks delicious. Yes, and I am going to make some banana bread. Yes, and I will create a website that sells that banana bread to the world. Yes, and soon we will be known as the banana bread breadwinners. And And scene. scene. (laughs) Yes, and. Yes, and. That seems like a pretty good rule for life, doesn't it? Being open to another person, to the community, to God. Mary gave us an example. Yes, I mean, when the messenger showed up to say you're going to have a baby, she didn't just say, no, I'm going to have a giraffe. (laughs) Stephen, she said yes to having a baby. And then she kept saying yes to what she needed to do from that moment on. Yes to asking for help. Yes and to living with Elizabeth. Yes and to traveling to Bethlehem. Yes and moving to Egypt. Wait, what? Yes. In Matthew's gospel, right after the baby is born, Mary and Joseph have to flee to Egypt to escape persecution from Herod. They eventually come back. We don't know how long they were there, but here's the point. At some point, right after the baby is born, they have to move to the Southwest. (laughs) They had to leave behind everything that they knew and the people they loved, but they got to travel with the God who had been with them all along. 
a move to the Southwest. Hmm, sounds familiar. Not that we're fleeing persecution, <laughs> but we are heading Southwest in response to where we believe God is calling us. Well, sounds like we're in good company. If Mary and Joseph could make their way to the Southwest, if they could keep saying yes and, maybe we can too. What would it mean if more of us were willing to be open to where the Spirit was leading? To not just hear something and immediately say no, or to take it at the bare minimum, but rather to say yes and. I mean, that's the other thing about improv. When you say yes and, it's not simply taking what they've given you, it's adding to it from who you are, using your own creativity. Yes, that is a banana, and it looks delicious, and now I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, Mary didn't just say yes. She said yes and. Yes and I will do whatever it takes to make this work. I hope we can say the same. All of us. In a way, that's what we've tried to do here. We had the opportunity to come to this amazing congregation, this wonderful church. And then in these 12 years, we have done our best to offer what we could in the time that we've had. What else could we do? That's the thing about life. Every day, we are offered little opportunities to say yes and then offer ourselves to them. The world is filled with opportunities to say yes and. Big and small ways we're able to say yes and in the course of a lifetime, big and small. A decision to make that phone call to speak out. To run for school board. To extend that invitation. To finally write that letter. To forgive. To love. To say yes and. Even when it's hard. And even when we don't quite know where it will lead. Keep thinking about all of those really big decisions that we've made in the course of our life together. We've made some pretty big ones. Yes, we have. Like the time we had to make the decision to leave our first church in Chicago and head to Princeton, New Jersey for you to begin your PhD. Remember that? How could I forget? We had such a hard time with that decision. Oh, we had such a hard time. It was so emotional. And of course, it makes sense. Ellie was an infant. Charlie was in utero. I had a great job, a career, and we had a wonderful congregation, a church that we loved. And I could have done my PhD in Chicago. And for whatever reason, we just couldn't figure it out. Everything felt so... Scary. 
Yes. And we waited until the last possible moment to make the decision. And the night before we had to give our answer, we decided that we were going to stay in Chicago. We decided to stay in Chicago. And then the night came, and we tossed, and we turned, and you got up, and I got up, and Ellie was up, and I got up again, and you threw up. <laughs> Ah, marriage. <laughs> and in the morning, we were still determined to stick with the decision to stay. After all, it was the careful decision. It was the safe decision. It was the decision that let us stay comfortable. And I went over to my office to make the call to my would-be advisor in Princeton to let her know that we weren't coming. And I scrolled down on my flip phone. <laughs> I put my finger on the send button. And for whatever reason, I couldn't press it. just waited. Maybe others have had that kind of a moment, a time when you were right on the brink of a life-changing decision, and you just needed to pause. Maybe there are some out there who are having that kind of moment right now, trying to figure out which direction your life is about to take. doesn't hurt to pause. As I waited with my finger on the send button, I received a call from my own messenger from God. Got a call from you. I said I thought we were making a mistake. And I said I know. And we cried. We knew we needed to step out in faith, but it just felt hard and scary and uncertain. And it was all of those things. But God was with us. And while we know that God would have been with us either way, looking back now, we can see that if we hadn't have gone to Princeton, we might not have come to Asbury First. We probably wouldn't have come to Asbury First or learned what we did about the academy or what it meant to serve a church of our own. And now for as scary and hard and uncertain as it is, God is calling us again. We are being called, and so is Asbury First. And if we have learned anything during our time here, it's that this congregation, this is a congregation that responds to God's call in their lives with a resounding yes and. 
Yes. And while none of us fully know what is ahead, the promise of Christmas, the hope born into that manger, is that whatever's ahead, we don't have to face it alone. God is with us. Yes, God is with us. God is with all of us. And that makes us all a, a little braver. Stephen, Asbury, thank you for sharing this historic and incredible pulpit with me over the last 10 years. Honestly, it's been one of the highlights of my life. Plus, it was nice to have 10 good sermons in 12 years. <laughs> I'd say 10 great sermons. <laughs> I'm really going to miss this. I am too. But that's the good thing about saying yes and. It's cumulative. You don't leave behind the experiences that you've had or the people that you've loved. You get to build upon those yeses that have come before. I can't wait to see where God is calling all of us and what is in store. Yes. Ah, uh, yes and. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Asbury First Weekly Sermon. If you enjoyed this message, please visit asburyfirst.org and learn more about our mission to love God and neighbor, live fully, serve all, repeat.